Hello and welcome to Fatima Today. This show is produced by the World Apostle of Fatima USA, Our Lady's Blue Army, and brings topics to you, our viewers, related to the events in the world today. We live in tumultuous times when logic seems to have disappeared and uncertainty hangs over us. Our hope on these programs is to address the issues of the day and find solutions through adherence to the laws of God, especially through the message of Fatima. We ask that you subscribe to this podcast. On Tuesday, November 7th, voters in Ohio will vote on what might be the most pro-abortion action that this country has seen in years. Issue one will be voted on as an amendment to the state constitution, which was allowed by an earlier referendum, which called for such amendments to only require a simple majority, not the 60% supermajority usually required to amend the constitution. If this passes, it will radically alter the laws of the state regarding abortion and will severely limit parental rights in these decisions. Here to discuss this with me is Johnny Gero, Director of Community Engagement for Cincinnati Right to Life. Welcome, Johnny. Thanks so much, David. It's great to be here. Yeah, yes, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for being on. It's good to see, and I have to say, I always said this, it's so great to see younger people like yourself so active in this cause because, you know, we're all suffering from the effects of abortion. You know, I was a senior in high school when Roe versus Wade came to be in 1973 year I started college. And, you know, and, and I think it, it just is almost like a, so many people were indifferent to it. You know, all of us, mm-hmm. young people particularly, because, you know, well, we're just going our lives, we're going to school. And, you know, and sadly, it was in those years where so many people found themselves in, in difficulty, you know, through premarital sex and that. And, 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 and abortion was an option that unfortunately was there for so many. And um, I've always uh, felt that it's 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 kind of like the scourge of my generation, to tell you the truth. You know, um, we fought it. We, we came back. I mean, certainly those of us who who came to understand what it was were never supportive of it. But truly, uh, the fact that that even came to be the law of the land when it did was dangerous. You know, 50 years of fighting overturned it. OK. Um, and a president who brought in who finished off with with, with, the, with a court that, that didn't. We, we were very appreciative of that. But I said myself right after that, that now the real battle is going to come. Are we really a pro-life nation? Okay. So uh, I'm going to kind of throw that to you and get your opinion, especially as a younger person, you know, about that very question. Are we a pro-life nation? We're proving in a way that we're not. So uh, what what are your thoughts there? Yeah, that's a great question, David. Um, I think obviously our principles are pro-life. You look at the constitution, the Ohio constitution, funny enough, the first article section one says every person has the right to defend life. It's like the first and foremost thing there. And when our founders made our country, we were made to be a pro-life nation, uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And none of these rights matter if we don't have the right to life. So this is very foundational for us. But then you look at uh, some great cardinals of our day, like Cardinal Seurat, and he says, uh, you know, like the West, if it forgets its roots, uh, it's what we're doing. We're forgetting our roots. And you know what happens to trees when you cut out their roots is they, they fall apart. And that's really, really what's happening right now is we've forgotten who we are. We've forgotten uh, who we are creating in the image and likeness of God and that human beings in the womb are also creating the image of God. And so when we've forgotten that, uh, scary things start to happen. I think we're seeing that right now. Yeah, we truly are. And it's so sad. I mean, I've been watching it throughout my my adult life and the indifference. I think it's just the indifference. Of course, we are, you know, we promote the message of Fatima 
And, um, and you know, one of the things lamented at Fatima was indifference, because indifference mm -hmm. leads to all of these other things, you know, evil, evil germinates from things like that. And when you, when you're indifferent to what's happening around you, and you have generations that came up, have come up, and, and just they see so much death, the culture of death, as St. Pope John Paul II spoke of it, well, it becomes kind of normal, okay? Mm -hmm. I think that's the whole problem. I mean, what, the violence we see in our world, the violence we see on television, the, everything, every place we turn, there's violence and there's death. And I think there's, um, I think you become indifferent to what, what life is truly is. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's Absolutely. really where, you know, where we where really, I think where we are today. So I was very, I, but I, I had said this when, when, when the, the, the decision, the Dobbs decision came by, came down two years ago now, um, that that now we're going to see it for a pro-life nation. So put the pedal mm -hmm. to the metal, folks. And these are the initiatives just like this. I will say that there was, um, uh, I, I, I saw an interview with uh, Governor DeWine. God bless him. He really is very, very much opposing this uh, this initiative in the state of, uh, state of Ohio. And um, if I remember following him when he was a, um, when he was the, um, I'm sorry, when he was in Congress and that, he was very, had a very great pro-life message, mm -hmm. a very great pro-life record, actually. And um, uh, so I think that, that you know, you're fortunate to have that. I, I saw that even he and his wife did a, um, a public service uh, uh, what message or a commercial, uh, you know, really trying to oppose this initiative. And I'm glad you have that. You know, you have what is a quote, red state. OK, um, well, you know, whatever that means anymore. <laughs> I guess they say, you know, they're looking at Democrat, Republican, that kind of things. But but I don't know how many people truly vote based on these moral issues. That's mm -hmm. that's the real question today. It's a great question. I mean, yeah, you're right. Uh, Mike DeWine has been vocal about this, which has been great. You look at other states last year that faced these abortion ballot initiatives, states like Michigan, where their governor was the complete opposite. Gretchen Whitmer up there, she was just wanting that to pass abortion through all nine months up until the moment of birth. And so it's great to have uh, Governor DeWine and, and other state leaders uh, talking and being vocal about this issue, like J.D. Vance, who's also been very, very vocal about this. Um, so, sorry, I, I guess I missed the second part to your question there. Well, I mean, pointing out that, you know, that that this I, I, my whole feeling was, you know, we we're going to find out if we're truly pro-life people or not. Yeah. Okay? And now it's in the hands, it's in our hands, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I think the way this whole thing has been done in, in Ohio is a little bit undercut. And it, because because the, the first initiative which changed the process for um, for amending the Constitution to a simple majority. Well, that's it's kind of unheard of anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, you know constitutions are supposed to be just that. You know, something that you don't just at whim change. Okay, mm -hmm. and here you are now with um, you know with with a constitution. Quite frankly, it's turned it's gotten rid of the Constitution and just made you a simple democracy in the state of Ohio, mm -hmm. which truly you know in, throughout history has never been a successful form of government. You know. Because, because it's too much based on emotion, okay? Mm -hmm. and that's that's really how it's done. Well, you also see when it just comes up to one issue, direct democracy, people are susceptible to the money flooding in from out of state. The Crazy. other side on this has, at last I saw, it was 30 million, but that was a few weeks ago. I'm sure these last two weeks, maybe even another 30 million. We're being outspent ridiculously. And uh, when there's when they can spread their lies, so far across uh, the state, um, I think it was Karl Marx who said, "If you tell a lie enough times, 
uh, people start believing it, even if it's not true. So that's what we're dealing with. Um, we're, it's a David versus Goliath moment. And it's, it's um, many people are also calling it like a Lepanto moment. You know, mm-hmm. we're trying to hold on to our Christian values, our way of life. And this really utterly rejects all of it uh, by saying, um, if you read the amendment, it's just uh, unrestricted, unlimited abortion. Yeah, it, it is, it's vile. I mean, again, I'm looking at the Ohio right to life. Uh, I don't know if you're directly connected to, you know, of course, your Cincinnati right to life. But um, but so, you know, so here, these are the things that they're pointing out. That issue one would allow for painful late term abortion in Ohio through all nine months of pregnancy, you know. Issue one would eliminate parental rights, meaning that not even a parent wouldn't even be notified if their minor child was considering an abortion or any other reproductive decision. That's another thing, too. That opens a mm-hmm. huge door to many other things. OK, you know, and then it would also eliminate health and safety standards for women in our state. This is what the, the right to life of Ohio is saying. But that second one really rings because, you know, the second thing is, of course, is this gender reidentification thing that's so strong right now. And a lot of a lot of people are cautioning that this amendment, if it goes through, could very much limit even even having you know any control over that by parents. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I mean, you see um, parental rights. It's really a, a a Catholic concept that the subsidiary concept that the parents have the right over their child um, and all the decisions they make until they become adults. And the government doesn't get to co-parent with the government with with parents. No. Uh, that's what you're. But that's what you're seeing here. Um, they the industry who wrote this Planned Parenthood the ACLU, they see parents as a burden to minors getting abortions or gender transition treatments in the same way they, that they see women being able to see their ultrasound, women getting informed consent before getting an abortion, um, a 24-hour waiting period where they can think before they make the biggest decision of their life. Um, these are all things that the industry sees as a burden that many legal experts are saying this amendment, if it passes, will wipe out completely. So it's it's very scary. As you know, David, Catholics, we we believe every life has worth. And so uh, we're, we're against abortion completely. But you're seeing uh, not just abortion, but parental rights and other things in this in this amendment. Yeah. So it's and, really that's scary. Exactly, and that's exactly the whole point that then I think that's the bottom line is getting the parents out. You know, I mean, um, we had a politician that referred to, um, uh, you know, a village, right? Well, I'm sorry when it, <laughs> you know, we're, not, you know, families are not a village. Families are a family, and you and you refer to subsidiarity, which so, so is so true. It's such it's such a backbone of true Catholic identity, because mm-hmm. that says basically goods and services are best provided at the most local level possible, and nothing more local than the family unit and the home. Okay, you know, so absolutely, you know, goods, services, and a direction of the future. And, uh, and and we have many homeschooling families that we know that are part of our apostolate. And uh, you can just see, I, I personally, I see the quality of some of these children. Not to say, you know, that, that there's not value in other education. I was never homeschooled. And, uh, I don't know about yourself, but. Public school. Was, <laughs> homeschool? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, there you go. You're a product of homeschooling, yeah. But I mean, there, there is a, I think sometimes, especially in the condition of uh, the school system today and the church even in many cases, you know. There's there's so much difficulty and a part. It's scary for parents to send their children to, you know, to these institutions anymore. That's really unfortunate. That's that's the saddest part about it, because we're supposed to control these institutions. We are the owners. You know, we are the ones who own the the Catholic schools, the public schools. We're the ones who have, you know, developed them directly with our tax dollars and all. 
and um, and to have these people come in who want to just redefine everything, taking control of it, it's a scary thing, very much so. Yeah, and well, to go back to your first question, David, are we still a pro-life nation? I was talking to uh, an attorney, a uh, very national pro-life attorney, and his thoughts was that if Roe v. Wade was overturned like 30 years ago, hmm. he said he thinks he would have seen, it would have gone back to the states, and I think you would have seen these ballot initiatives go a lot more pro-life um, because the Christian uh, almost uh, culture, cr cultural Christendom was still there to an extent in America, but because it was there for 50 years, I mean, there are so many people that don't even see, like can't even understand our worldview anymore that um, they can't wrap their head around restricting abortion. And so this lawyer also said that you're not just going to see abortion in these amendments, but you're going to see other things jammed in there. And now we're seeing it, the parental yeah. rights and uh, threatening women's health and safety. And so, yeah, that's that's concerning. And um, we're going to see, depending on how Tuesday comes, next year there's going to be 11, 11 ballot initiatives in different states. So uh, this is their tactic. They're trying to get uh, as many states as they can to have abortion in their constitution. They really are. Now, of course, I'm, I'm a Chicagoan originally, so Illinois is one of the worst states for things going on. I mean, um, uh, you know, I'm now in New Jersey. Of course, that's my and this is another state where, you know, where we just see um, and then, you know, it's, and, and what really bothers me, both Illinois and New Jersey are overwhelmingly Catholic places. OK, we're very Catholic, but overwhelmingly, I don't know what the actual percentages are. And you hear the, the just the absolute hypocrisy. That comes out. Obviously, Catholic politicians. I don't have to name names, but you know what we see every day. Um, and I think because it's like they like they got their finger in the air to check the wind to see where the wind is blowing. What's the most popular position to take, or what position is going to get the real support in the media? So I better be on the right side of that. You know, it's it's horrible. It is truly mm -hmm. horrible. And that's really where we where we are. You know, we are um, uh, people are not living up to their to their you know their creed that they have committed to at least at least publicly you know mm -hmm. and uh, i think that's always been the case to some degree but you know we don't hold these people we don't hold their feet to the fire mm -hmm. you know and sometimes what will happen is you i recently wrote a blog talking about that where you know somebody will look at a politician they'll say well you know and of course you know the famous line of, well i'm personally you know opposed to abortion but i can't so i can't you know work against someone's right to have it. Oh, yes, you can. If you are pro-life, if your morals tell you this is wrong, you fight to the death for it. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem, okay? There's too much political expediency that's come to play here over the years. Um, and I think a lot of it is not even necessarily what the electorate is 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 putting out there, but it's what the media puts out to the electorate. Mm -hmm. That's really the danger. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's very dangerous. And but you're seeing with their ads, too, if you look almost every single one of their ads, they don't directly talk about abortion. They talk about um, personal personal decision making in the family and that government shouldn't be involved. And they're using messages like family, faith, freedom. These are messages that we are actually uh, living out and that they know are winning messages that they're using to try to so to speak, dupe the population into voting for it. Um, and you know that the Catholic Church, the one holy Catholic apostolic church is still uh, very much uh, powerful when when they're using things like the divine mercy image in their in their commercials to try to sway voters 
because they know if the church stands up, if we loudly proclaim the gospel of life, then we can defeat this issue. And they're they're afraid of that. They really, they truly are. Goes way back to the to the sixties. Truly, to be honest, when the whole prior to Roe versus Wade, when this whole uh, pro-abortion movement became so strong. And, you know, they went out and they hired the best Madison Avenue uh, firms in New York to come up with a good vision. This, what did they come up with? Pro-choice. Well, I'd mm. say that pro-choice. That was, yeah, I guess that's true, you know, <laughs> choice. Because choice rings so well in the American mind. Okay, mm -hmm. We're Americans. We're, we're free to think. We're free to, to you know, to decide what we're going to do. And when they came up with that one, I got to tell you, they, 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 they had a winner in that. <laughs> really they was. did. It's you know. just very smart. I, I saw a message from a pro-life billboard uh, last week. It said, my my child, my call, uh, because of parental rights aspect. I like that, though. It was kind of similar messaging. Right. and right. But, yeah, for some reason, that message really hits with people. There was a – and I, I wish I could remember his name right now. I can't. I'll try to give credit to him later when I when we publish this. Um, he was a black preacher, a Protestant preacher in New York. We both spoke at the Personhood uh, New York uh, rally about a year and a half ago, he had a good mantra. He said, you know, pro-choice is a lie. Babies do not choose to die. I love that mm. one. <laughs> yeah. That was strong, you know. Babies do not prove, you know, choose to die. And I think there's another thing, too, you know, and it's where, where they always play race politics in this country so strongly, you know. And, you know, I mean, I, I and a lot of a lot of African-American clerics that I know, you know, are appalled at what's being done because, overwhelmingly i mean you go illinois i will i will i, I don't know if the stat how accurate it is today this is many years ago but when you know when the the population the black population was maybe 13 percent yet they were accounting for maybe 40 percent of the abortions in the state of illinois who are they who are they hustling into these into these planned parenthood places okay mm -hmm. you know so it's it's it's, it's it's really a shame because that was really, you know, eugenics, yeah. the eugenicists yeah. behind that whole movement, Margaret Sanger mm -hmm. and that, that's what they wanted. They wanted to wipe out the, 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 the less, you know, the lesser populations as they looked mm -hmm. at, you know, and it wasn't just, just black people. It was also, you know, people of different ethnicity that they didn't think fit, you mm -hmm. know, so, so it's kind of a scary thing. So it goes back many, many years. Mm-hmm. You and know, it's still it's still reality, uh, uh, David. Last year there was eighteen thousand four hundred and eighty-eight abortions in Ohio alone. Okay. And again, the black population is thirteen percent, but black women made up forty-eight percent of those abortions. But the and, same. I'm sorry, yeah. And okay. these these uh, Planned Parenthood clinics, they're they are targeting minority communities. Sure. Uh, and additionally. They're vulnerable. You talked about vulnerable populations. One thing that many are saying this issue, if it passes, would do. Right now, Ohio has a non-discrimination act against Down syndrome babies. If a baby's diagnosed with Down syndrome, you're not allowed to abort them in Ohio. But if issue one passes, this would throw that law out the window because um, open up the door to sex selective abortions, abortions for any reason. And when when I think I heard recently that when uh People speak generally. Liberals tend to have like a uh, a stronger message, uh, like you said, choice. But when you get to the nitty gritty specifics, you make people think about it. They're like, "Oh, actually, no, that's not a good good thing that this would do," you know. So they they yeah. call themselves liberals or anything but, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Okay, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. just my whole my whole my whole point, you know. Because I I'm the whole liberal conservative argument. Well, you know. What is liberal? What's conservative? If you're if you're 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 shoving your ideas down somebody's throat, you're not being liberal. Nothing liberal mm -hmm. about that. Okay, you know, 
and I think that's the problem that you know in the in the the monikers that we have today. Yeah, but but I I, uh, I don't know. I, I what is your what is your general strategy? I know at this point, of course, is to get as much out so this does not pass. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, how how are you how are you with Cincinnati Right to Life and throughout the movement? Have you been approaching this in this last this period of time? Yeah, great question. So we we have done a lot of work. Uh, one one thing we've partnered with sixty seven other uh, organizations around Ohio to form a group called Protect Women Ohio, and Protect Women Ohio has been doing a lot of like the um, kind of like speaking on behalf of all these organizations across the state and putting out uh, commercials and uh, fighting back against this issue. Uh, so that's kind of overall what we've done. And then uh, on the ground here since the right to life, we've just done a ton of the grassroots things. We passed up 45,000 yard signs. We're um, knocking on tens of thousands of doors, phone calling, uh, your typical political activism stuff. Uh, we're trying to do everything we can to defeat this issue. And there has been, uh, I think last I heard, um, over 400,000 doors knocked uh, against issue one. So we have a really strong coalition here. And it's just a matter of if we can we can bring it home uh, this Tuesday. I think it's going to be close. We're cautious, cautiously optimistic. And there's a lot of prayer, all night prayer vigils going on this weekend, uh, all night adoration. And um, yeah, we we know that uh, without God, we can do nothing. And so um, and actually the Ohio State model was nothing is impossible with God. And so that's kind of been our mantra too. Like people are saying it's impossible. Uh, they have too much money. Well, nothing's impossible with God. We think we can do this. Very, very true. The Battle of Lepanto, as you referred to earlier. I mean, that was that was one that you know so many times. It's true. The very the very existence of the United States is a testimony to that. Hmm. You know, I mean, we're located here in Western New Jersey, only thirty or so miles from Washington's crossing. I've always been a big history buff. You know, I mean, the odds against them prevailing against the British Empire was just you know, very minuscule, but it was done. It was done because I truly believe these were people of, of, of God, people who had that vision, right? You know, mm -hmm. that vision that only with God and George Washington, no, he wasn't a Catholic. He was a very, very devout individual. And he talked, mm -hmm. spoke so many, so many times about, you know, uh, you cannot govern without God. Okay. Mm -hmm. you, know, you cannot win a battle or govern without God. You know, so many pictures of him praying, different things like that. And I, I think that this is what allowed us to prevail as a nation. And I want to think that this founding, and even though, I mean, we have, we have, we have a scourge in this country, certainly of, of, of abortion. Uh, plus we, we have, we, you know, we export so much trash out of our media, out of Hollywood, out of, you know, there's a lot of things that we are very guilty about. Um, but I think the reality is that that the, the American people are generally good people. And I, I want to believe that we'll come out, you know, on the right side of all of this. But this type of thing is what we have to overcome, you know. And I think so many people that even might vote, you know, for this initiative don't. I, I don't know. I, I didn't really look too much at, the, at what they're trying to present it as being because they're not. You know, they never make abortion the number one thing that they're mm -hmm. talking about, right? You know, mm -hmm. some other advantage for the people. Maybe you can speak mm -hmm. to that a little bit as to what they're saying. Yeah, so they're, the main message I've seen is that they're um, saying that if issue one doesn't pass, Ohio's extreme abortion ban with no exceptions for rape or incest will, will uh, stay in place in Ohio, which the irony of that is uh, the heartbeat law, which is... Uh, was enacted a year and a half ago. It's been on hold 
for a year. A pro-abortion judge uh, put a stay on it. So right now in Ohio, abortion is legal through 22 weeks. And so their commercials are just lying. The other thing they're saying is people won't be able to get access to miscarriage care, which we know is is, is just a red herring, um, a straight out lie. So they're 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 appealing to typically uh, as typical false compassion. Ten uh, year old girl needs an abortion. She's not going to be able to get one. Uh, they're saying that uh, yeah, women won't get access to miscarriage care. Because uh, the issue of abortion, you know, logically, you can't win on that alone. So they need to. And they almost are doing this kind of libertarian argument of like the government shouldn't be involved in um, these decisions. And so that's that's probably hitting with some conservatives as well that maybe aren't there with us on the moral issue, but but agree with that message. Yeah, I think that's a big part of that. And that's exactly how they, how they try to look at this, that this is, uh, you know, we have to protect the liberties of these individuals. Well. But the liberty of the child in the womb, but that's something that they don't they don't take at that next step, unfortunately. And and I think that's been the problem throughout the years. But you you know as you said earlier, I mean when I was in in 1973 when abortion was codified through Roe versus Wade, or or the the ability to make laws governing it were taken away was taken away. Um, that you know that there was a difference. This was a very pro life country in reality. Okay. That was shoved down our throats by by a very progressive, and even that word, I don't think it's progressive, but what they call themselves is progressive judiciary that overreached. I mean, in such a way. I mean, you know, we can talk about the, you know, the the, the, the there were liberals or people call themselves liberals who are very much against Roe versus Wade even back then because it was it was it was it was not it was a judicial overreach. It was I was defining the law as opposed to you know to judging the laws that were made. Well, you know, obviously after this many years. And you touched on it earlier. Uh, we become our consciences became dull. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it was the thing that I don't like abortion, but okay, I got to go on with my life. It's not the only issue that I, I'm going to be looking at here, and um, that was probably the way it was. It was the longevity of the Roe ruling that I think brought us to where we're at today. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I agree, and you know, our founders, Dr. Jack Wilkie and and his wife Barbara, they. Um, they were the first pro-life, uh, they, they helped start Cincinnati Right to Life, first pro-life organization in the country. Um, and they also helped start National Right to Life. Dr. Wilkie thought that once this passed, Roe v. Wade passed, people would see how evil it is and it would, it would, be, it would be overturned right away. And little did he know that what he started here in Cincinnati was going to start this entire movement across the nation. We'd still be facing this in 2023. But I think when you look at it from a religious perspective, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you would know with Our Lady of Fatima, wasn't it Sister Lucia who said the final battle uh, will be over marriage and the family? And yeah. and just a quick quick example of people, well, how does abortion play into that? I was talking to a priest friend of mine. He said when he was in seminary, he thought to text this uh, lady in his life, this girl he went to high school with, just a Bible verse forever uh, and or just encourage her uh, in whatever she's doing in her life. And he said about a couple months later, she called him and said when he had texted her, she was during a 72, 72 hour waiting period between her first abortion appointment and when she was scheduled for an abortion. And um, she ended up choosing life at that time. And but her boyfriend was going to break up with her uh, for choosing life. Uh, but he she ended up having the baby. She ended up marrying the boyfriend. And now they're pregnant with their second child. And so. I think when you look at it in that context, most people don't know women who have one abortion often have multiple abortions. It's very true that if that if that priest 
this friend of mine didn't text her, she could have be having multiple abortions and not married anymore. And so that's the larger context. And, and I don't think this is going away anytime soon. Uh, we just have to, like you said before this call, we're never out of the fight. You know, we're never out of the fight. I mean, this is this is the fight that started in the Garden of Eden. Okay? <laughs> Even before that, it started in heaven when the rebel angels rejected God. OK, so, no, you're right. This is this is what's going to go on until the end of time. And we're going to fight this with every breath we have, because that's the way it works. The devil's out to kill, out to destroy us. All right. You mm -hmm. know, but OK, and we know that. But Our Lady had make promises, you know, that in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. OK, mm -hmm. and there will be peace and there will be these things. So, you know. We know it's coming. We know that we're fighting a war we're going to win, but there mm -hmm. are battles you lose and, and as you go along. I mean, that's just the reality. And I mm -hmm. think we we um, I think we understand that. I think we all have to understand it. We can't even if, God forbid, this does pass on Tuesday, uh, it's not going to be the end of the pro-life fight. And these people have mm -hmm. to understand that. OK, I mean, it has, <clears throat> because we're fighting for the very essence of, of what God has put on this earth. You know, absolutely. You know, it's 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 natural law. It's everything. You know, and and uh, and I and I don't. You know, I I I'm very much sympathetic to many people that find themselves in a position and do go the abortion route because in many cases they're, they're they feel trapped and they're plus you said there's a narrative out there that draws them to these things. We have to be there for them too. You know, you know, we pray for you know the conversion of sinners. That's our that's what the Fatima message calls for knowing we're sinners ourselves okay we're not we're not pointing fingers you know that way but we're saying that that we need to help people come to the right frame of mind and the right thought on so many things and of course when it comes to life that's the primary primary one yeah absolutely and i think you yeah i, I think it was john adams who said this republic will only survive as long as we're a moral and religious people right. and so uh, unless we uh, there's a conversion to Christ in this country and we get back to our, our roots and our morality. I think we're, we're gonna, we're gonna see, maybe see some of these losses in these political victories. But, uh, like you said, uh, we still need to work and pray for conversion of sinners that that part will never change. No, that's right. <laughs> it's going to be the, that's going to be to the end of time. Okay. With your last breath, you're fighting it, you persevere and that's all there is to it. So don't expect to have an easy route where you're going here you know? yeah <laughs> you more years to fight it than i do probably so <laughs> but that's okay that's all right we just but that's what we're here for well johnny it, it was great having you on the show today i appreciate you coming on we're praying we're joining with you we are we are having nocturnal adoration here too we want this we really want to see this you know this not happen okay because mm -hmm. again as you said it's not just ohio it wasn't just michigan it's not just ohio it's across the country it's across the world and there are places mm -hmm. all over where people are just, are, are, I think people are understanding, though, people who think like us, who are part of our apostolate and other Catholic organizations, are, and not just Catholic, because I don't want to, you know, there are many good Christian people that are fighting this pro-life fight, too, and, mm -hmm. and really, and, and God bless them, and they're fighting the moral fight throughout the country. They are our allies. We have to realize that, you know, despite our differences in the faith, I mean, we have to, we have to do that, and uh but again, I, I do feel optimistic. Yes, uh, Sister Lucia did say that um, that the final battle would be between, you know, you know, the family would be over the family. Well, it does make sense because the family is the foundation of everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you know, abortion plays in that more than anything. So uh, mm -hmm. anyway, thank you so much for being on. You know, I hope Absolutely. to come back maybe afterwards. We could talk a little more about the outcome of this and and where we go from here, because I think it's truly important for us, you know, so uh, that would be great. And yeah, thank you so much for praying. That's what we need right now is just prayers to 
to God's will be done and, and that we, we can maybe pull out a victory on November 7th. Absolutely. God bless you, Johnny. So thank you again. And uh, thank you all for watching this show. And I ask that you subscribe to this podcast. Thank you. Thank you.